for your heart-stopping, news-packed 60 minutes of regular drilling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Hello, and uh, welcome to the 33rd edition of the Search Pulse. Today is Tuesday, June 12th. My name is Barry Schwartz. Um, I run the Search Engine Roundtable. I also work for a company called Rusty Brick. Um, with, with, with me, as always, is Ben Pfeiffer, the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. He, he owns RankSmart.com, and Chris Boggs, the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable, who works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Um, well, we've been off last week because of the SMX conference, and um, you can catch the 32nd edition um, if you missed that by going to seroundtable.com, clicking on the archive section, scrolling down to the category named Search Pulse, and you'll see it over there. So if you missed that, go ahead and check it out, um, and that's pretty much about it. The um, first topic I want to discuss was the SMX conference. It was a small conference. It was about 400-something people. Um, but it was a very, very formative, educational, and very, um, you know, fun conference to be at because of the size of it, mostly. Um, obviously, it was targeted towards more of the advanced people, but, um, you know, I was lucky enough to go, to go there, and we had full coverage of the conference if you miss any of the sessions, minus the last session, which Danny Sullivan would not let us blog about because it was supposedly um, under embargo for a month. So in about a month, less than a month, we'll be posting that that session is basically where um, several SEOs, well-known SEOs, gave some tips, um, gave some tips on, you know, you know, not just tips, but like, you know, some tips that they think people don't know and on how to, you know, rank well in search engines and all that other fun stuff. And, um, you know, so they provided that. So Danny wanted to give um, a month embargo for people to go ahead and do that. It was kind of fun because Matt Cutts was there and he had to give one of his um, things that people don't know. Uh, it wasn't so earth-shattering, but we can't really discuss all that stuff. But anyway, it was a great conference. The food supposedly was great. They had hot food where you go like, like a, a buffet or buffet, and um, and it was just really good. Um, the it was just nice to get. Um, uh, it's hard to say. Like the smaller conferences are just a lot different than the larger conferences. Um, let's start with Ben. You know, I don't know Ben what you hear about the conference and overall. So. Um, well, I saw a lot of photos from people that had posted, Rand and a bunch of other people. Uh, it seemed like a pretty good conference, uh, kind of back to, you know, basics or it was more advanced, a lot of more people, you know, in terms of just experts there and a lot more time to, like, kind of spend one-on-one with people. So I thought it was good. I was kind of, you know, just wanted to get to go, but um, there will be other opportunities in the future. Excellent. And, Chris, what are your thoughts overall? Well, I'm sad to have missed it. Um, I think uh, that it's going to be, you know, a great series of shows, and that was obviously a successful beginning. I've heard nothing but great things. Um, I saw Avi's little bag that he got uh, from the show. That's really cool, those kind of hip backpack slash biker bag kind of things that uh, I guess were given out to all the attendees. And uh, I heard that the food was amazing, uh, so obviously I missed that too. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that I'll make it up to uh, an SMX uh, event soon here, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Great, yeah, and yeah, those bags were pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't the normal like tote bag you get, but I would not personally be walking around with that bag on my shoulder. It was kind of a cutie bag, um, um, you know, like this little—it was a little small bag, and it was like a backpack, and it had a phone thing, and it was, it was a geeky bag for sure. But a little bit. Well, you have to be confident in in your manhood, Barry, and then that way you you know yeah. walk around <laughs> uh, no problem. <laughs> I guess so, but I I don't feel comfortable walking around near you know Manhattan with that with that on my back. But you never know who's around. So. In any event, um, it was pretty cool. So if you guys definitely you know try to make the next SMX conference, the next few ones are going to be um, all specialized. Uh, but I think the big one's coming up with SMX West. Just learn more about that at searchmarketingexpo.com, and hopefully, um, you know, more people will show up. I mean, obviously, there's a cap, so you gotta, you have to make sure to register early, or else you won't get in. Um, all right, so that's that. Um, the next uh, thing one is another question. Community. I mean, I'm sure there's some other people that are interested in knowing this too. But what was the 
Overall, um, I mean, would you say, would you compare it more to like uh, a PubCon or to an SES or, or a mix of the two? Or I mean, what were the sessions like in, in relation to those other two popular conferences within our industry? The sessions specifically? Yeah. Um, Webmaster World PubCon is more webmaster-centric, so it's more about, you know, it could include domain, name, domain names, it could include, you know, how to build a proper website, whereas, you know, SES is more focused on search and paid search and SEO. Um, so I would definitely think, you know, Search Marketing Expo is more focused towards the search side, um, but it did discuss a lot of, um, you know, more advanced topics where there's a lot more participation um, from the audience because it was easier to be, you know, a smaller audience and a lot more participation. So lots of more, qu- lots more questions, a lot more targeted questions, a lot more, you know, experienced questions. And you definitely um, were able to, I guess, learn more if you were an advanced user from, from this conference as opposed to, you know, sitting in a big uh, SES uh, session where, you know, the presentations were given and then maybe there was time for, you know, I don't know how much time normally there is, but it's hard to get your question answered as opposed to us having a smaller audience. And right, so would you say that there was a concerted effort also, though, to cut the presentations a little shorter, too, to make sure to leave time, plenty of time for the questions? I, I wasn't a speaker. I don't know for sure, but it seemed that way from, you know, going to both, you know, going to both sessions, SES versus Search Engine Watch, uh, Search Engine Expo, and there was definitely, it seemed that the, the session, the actual presentations were a lot shorter. There was a lot more Q&A um, a lot more, inter- it, was more it was more interactive Danny was walking around with a, you know, a headset um, you know, speaking to the people and, you know, the, and it was less presentations more you know, one-on-one interaction with the people which is nice I guess so. um, hopefully that answers your question um, yeah. next thing is Search and Watch uh, Search and Watch on April uh, sorry on June 9th turned 10 years old so Danny Sullivan did a huge write-up over at Search Engine Land because obviously Danny Sullivan was the one who pretty much invented Search Engine Watch, um, and he broke the story saying it was on this past Saturday that it was Search Engine Watch's 10th birthday. He went through the whole entire history of the site. It was very, very um, um, you know interesting to read coming from the search community, um, and he explained that even though he's been writing for over 10 years on search engines, he's been writing since April 17th, 1996. Um, Search and Watch was started actually in, on June 9th, 1997. So that's why um, Search and Watch is only 10 years old, whereas his writing has been, you know, he did a post back way back um, in April on his, his 10-year anniversary on writing on Search Engine. So it's very interesting to read both of those. Um, it's why I want to wish, you know, Danny and Search and Watch and everybody over in Incisive a huge congratulations on the big, uh, the big 10. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, good discussion over at Search and Watch on that. Let's start with Chris. I know you're you're pretty involved in searching your watch, so I want to know your thoughts on the uh, the ten years. Well, I was very excited to see the article, and I actually found it this weekend. I guess shortly after Danny had posted it, I was really appreciative because it was, uh, you know, uh, a timeless piece that will forever explain the first ten years of Search Engine Watch, no matter what it happens to it from here out. And, you know, a very important 10 years for our particular community. Uh, I really focused on the um, section when he um, has Elizabeth joining and, and the, the, the forms being launched and uh, talking about how, um, you know, the, the search engine watch lacking the forms and missing the ability for members of its own community to talk to each other, how that was a big driver. And I remember, I mean, I, I joined uh, the forums, you know, in August of that year, I think, and uh, uh, a few months later, Elizabeth was kind enough to ask me to be a moderator, and, and I, I've been participating, you know, at a much higher pace back then than I can now, but I still uh, am in there regularly. Unfortunately, a lot of the time is to get rid of spammers, but uh, so be it. Um, there's still some great stuff going on in there, and it's it's continuing. Uh, I think, you know, I just want to thank Danny for this great uh, uh, document here of the, of the history. Definitely, definitely. And it's, it's funny how it's always, that's the case with lots of people where um, I participate a lot less than I used to in the past. So uh, it's just funny how that happens over time. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the original people over at Surgeon Watch, I think everybody, really, um, has left. I think that's true, right? Everybody who originally was involved in Surgeon Watch is no longer at Surgeon Watch. 
now there's a new crew. Um, big congratulations to Evil Green Monkey for taking over Elizabeth's job. Um, and um, should be a very exciting future to see Search and Watch grow. I know they, they have now Kevin Ryan, um, who, you know, is, is supposedly the new um, you know, future for Search and Watch. So, I don't know, Ben, do you know anything about you know, Kevin Ryan's at all or what the industry is saying about it, or you haven't really seen anything? Uh, I have not seen too much about it, no. Um, so I'm not quite sure what the story is on that. Um, I know, and personally, though, searching and watching over the many years, it's like been a valuable venue that I've visited just on a lot of occasions just for really high-quality discussion. Um, and I, like y'all, like both of y'all, I don't really participate as much as I used to, but um, I was never moderating or anything. But, you know, just in general, it's just an amazing resource that has you know, stayed around for a long time. So uh, I know when the forums launched, I was a big, big deal and uh, a lot of people kind of jumped on that but you know that's how these things do work online it's you know communities kind of break up and, and come together at certain times and go off on a doing bigger and better things so um, but just in general uh, I'm amazed to see it's been 10 years and it seems like it's been like a lot longer than that cool and maybe Chris maybe you have some more about Kevin Ryan yeah, I think it was uh, you know a great announcement. They they filled uh, the role with uh, a very strong candidate, and uh, I know that he's very well networked with a lot of people uh, on on the board of directors at Sempo with me uh, because this was something that we kind of shared in in the board uh, email alias and discussed. You know, uh, approaching Kevin obviously to continue our strong relationship that we've always had with Search Engine Watch and Incisive Media. So um, I think that this is uh, a good move, and uh, you know uh, I look forward to some successful years with with Kevin at the helm. Great, that sounds good. I think um, before we get into more of the SEO and search side of stuff, let's let's take a commercial break since we finished our community discussions, and um, when we get back, we'll talk about the Ask.com launch, the June Google update, and the Yahoo search update for June. We'll hit a commercial break now, and we'll guys will speak to you shortly. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. .com. More than a name. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Best of the web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25 percent recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with PaperPost, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at PaperPost will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through PaperPost. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. ¡Vive la revolución! 
to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. Again, this is the 33rd edition. Today is Tuesday, June 12th. My name is Barry Schwartz. With me, as always, Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Box. We just discussed some things about the search community, and I just want to let people know if you are listening um, live now in the chat room, there are people there discussing things, and I asked in the chat room if people would like us to consider doing a daily show as opposed to doing a um, weekly show. As so, the daily show will be maybe 20 minutes long, as opposed to doing, you know, maybe four of those. So it'll be about the same amount of time, but instead of doing a weekly show, which is about an hour, um, maybe we're figuring out timing if people would want it or not. So if you're in the, if you're live listening now, and you're in the chat room. Go to webmasterradio.fm. There's a chat room over there. Go ahead and let us know your opinion, what time works best for you, if you want that at all, if you prefer the weekly show. Um, just let us know, and we'll try to accommodate people. Uh, if you don't care at all, just don't respond, and we'll figure something out. Um, and let's ask you guys, right? you know, Ben, what do you think about doing a daily show versus a weekly show? Um, I, I'm open to it. Um, I don't know if about 6 o'clock in the morning, as <laughs> Chris was mentioning. <laughs> uh, no, I'm too early here. It work. Yeah, no, yeah, that would, wouldn't work. Yeah, I think it may be after... Danny's Daily Search Cast. I don't know, but we'll have to see what people think. Personally, um, though, I, you know, I'm kind of fond of, like, the weekly shows we do for an hour because it kind of focuses me on, like, one day where I can kind of, you know, get into the topics a lot and just see what's going on um, and kind of, kind of look forward to it every Tuesday. Um, and so a daily show, um, I think I'd enjoy it, but at the same time, it'd just be a constant thing that, you know, maybe I'm not, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. as they say in the chat room, I need my beauty sleep. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, all right, we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's see what well, that's want. why they say you need a face for, ra- you know, we have faces for radio anyway, so it doesn't matter. Beauty sleep is unneeded for, <laughs> for the show. I'm, just in case you're wondering, I'm totally stoked for the idea. I think it'd be great, and I personally think it, it would fit in nicely kind of like a late, late show after Danny. Uh, you know, we generally probably would cover the same topics as him, and, uh, you know, we could catch on, on uh, some of Danny's crowd that's listening, too, so I'm sure if Danny wouldn't mind that uh, you know that would help us as well, uh, pick up the uh, the listenership, and I think, uh, you know, we could uh, do a great job just covering it on a daily basis. Right. I'm, all, all, I'm all for it, but I like the weekly, too. <laughs> all right, it just makes, it makes my personal life easier just to do it, because the recap every day, to do a recap every week is a lot of work. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, and we'll see what people say. If they like it, great. If not, not. Um, all right, let's move on to the topics and stop talking about the show itself. Um, the next thing is Ask.com has relaunched a new interface using their Ask X interface, which is, was their demo interface. Um, and now you can actually get a three-pane uh, view when you do searches at Ask.com. So you go to Ask.com, they have a new homepage. You can actually use skins, and you can use polka dot skins, all these cute little skins. When you start typing in your search query, you get search suggestions. Um, you could also then click search, and then you'll get a pane on the left, which has um, you know, the search box and the different vertical search engines that are available, images, city, etc. They also give you the narrow your search feature. They give you the expand your search feature. They give you related names. And then on the middle pane, you have the actual search results, um, typically with a smart answer at the top, and the actual search results, which have obviously the binocular results. Um, and then on the right-hand pane, you have vertical results. So you have images for whatever the search query is. You have video results. You have encyclopedia results. You have other things that might be related to it. Um, so it's pretty, pretty cool. I like the new search look and interface a lot. Um, and I wanted to get your guys' feedback on it. So I think we're up to Ben. So, Ben, what do you like? What do you think about the Ask? Actually, I personally like it a lot. Um, I, I see it as, you know, it's very useful. I use Ask a lot for image search, and so um, when I was doing image search on Ask, I, I, I found it quite useful. Um, you know, it's slick, it's modern, it's fancy, you know, it's not as, as, as dull as it once was. So, I, you know, it's probably a good move for them in order to, you know, keep up the, the regular visits they have, give them something new to use. And, um, you know, some of the features on here are really great. You know, there's the maps and the city, and um, you've got the skins and the ability. So, you know, a lot of the engines are doing this anyway you know, Google and, and so on and Yahoo. So it was just kind of natural, I think, for Yahoo asked to just kind of step up to the plate and do this. Cool, cool, definitely. And, Chris, what are your thoughts? I like it. I'm toying around with it a little bit here. Um, you know me. I mean, people must think I'm really egotistical, but I always like to rate search engines. One of the lo- it's like when I test the Chinese restaurant and use the... Um, 
um, house fried rice and the uh, hot and sour soup as a gauge to whether or not the place is any good. Uh, for a search engine, I'll use my own search, my vanity search, to see what what comes up, and uh, it's pretty good. The one thing I noticed was a couple news results uh, that were uh, duplicated from different sources that appeared at number nine and ten. Uh, but um, I like the look a lot, and uh, I like um, you know I, I like a lot of what Ask is doing now. Uh, hopefully, they're going to get around some of the uh, issues with the recent uh, advertising causing uh, some feathers to be ruffled and uh, move forward, but it looks good. It looks sleek, and uh, I think Jim's doing a great job over there, uh, you know, leading these these teams. Right. So what skin did you pick? Did anybody pick any skins for the homepage? I'm still picking. I like Western Sky. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and Ben, anything in it? Uh, yeah, the Western Sky is kind of cool. Um, I haven't picked one yet, but getting there. Cool. All right. All right. Now the SEO. Sorry. I picked polka dot. Polka dot. Cute. Just pretty extreme. Cool. But it goes so hopefully one day they'll give us the ability. <laughs> hopefully one day they'll give. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Hopefully one day they'll give us the ability to upload our own. So that'd be cool. Um, next is the June Google update. So Google did an update, um, a search engine algorithm index, yada yada update on around June first. You know, starting around that time frame, um, a lot of people saw changes. Um, and it's obviously all these changes are back and forth. You know, people are complaining. My site, my site has been dropped. My site doesn't rank anywhere. You know, and stuff like that. And people are saying, "Ooh, I love these results." Um, Google actually flipped that once and twice, and then it came back and it was pretty good. So it was just a uh, overall typical update. And um, I don't know, Chris, if you saw anything on your radar at all during that update at all. No, nothing major. Um, you know, we've had uh, a, a few clients that we've just kind of uh, finished some projects on and that we had some nice results on based on ranking report, but we, we haven't been, uh, you know, doing it over the course of the uh, project. So I, I'm not sure if they matched up uh, with, with the update or if they would have just, uh, uh, you know, uh, performed that well anyway. So um, nothing that I've seen really anything major and, and no uh, account managers jumping out of any windows or anything like that. So <laughs> That's cool. Um, and... Uh that's good. Account managers jumping out of windows is not good. And Ben, I assume you're not going to be jumping uh, out of any windows anytime soon. No, not, not today. Uh, hopefully not. Um, I can vouch for the update, though. I had a uh, client and also the Yahoo update we had number one rankings across the four engines, and so we were real happy about that. So uh, very pleased with this little update. But, you know, they update things all the time, so it's kind of sure exactly when it happened and what it was caused by. But pretty pleased with, uh, you know, the little update that happened. Great, great. Yeah, you did mention the Yahoo search update, and that took place about on June seventh, June sixth. They did an update earlier, um, like a week or two before that, towards the very late May, uh, which was a small update. This seems to be um, a larger update, which uh, affected their index and their algorithms. And it was funny because I saw you know, digital point forums. Everybody was like, "Oh, I love this update. It's the best update ever." And then people at Webmaster were like, "This is the worst update I ever seen before." And then later on, I just keep reading the threads. People are like, oh, they keep now, like, Webmaster Roles changed their mind. They're saying, oh, this update is actually getting better. And then Digital Point Forums is like saying, oh, this update is getting worse. The reason was <laughs> um, there were a lot of spammy pages, like, getting up to the top as, as soon as, like, the update started. And as the update went through, it seems like they actually started to fine-tune it a little bit better. Um, I'm not sure what it says about Digital Point Forums members versus Webmaster World Forum members, and obviously there's a mix between the two. But... You know, um, it was kind of funny to to read that. And Ben, I know you were talking about how you saw some good results after the update was done. Um, I assume that stuck, right? Yeah, it, it it stuck for the most part. We even had some listings that had multiple rankings, you know, within the top ten. So, which was pretty pretty pleasant to see. Um, but for the most part, though, for a lot of even searches we monitor on Yahoo, I mean, even a lot of the sites still remark, you know remarkably stay the same in the top ten, and so there's really not too much movement, but just slight shuffling, it seems. Cool, cool. And Chris, how about you? Uh, well, you know, we heard through some sources also that this was a little bit, you know, more of a major update than than maybe they had let on in, in their blog, and... Uh, 
Um, it seems to be that uh, there has been some very fundamental uh, changes made, uh, none of which I can really get into too much right now because it's kind of still some speculation. But uh, one thing that I noticed uh, in, in the Yahoo blog, first of all, congratulations for actually posting something at the Yahoo blog that's uh, like within the day of it happening instead of after much poking and jabbing by Barry or, or Chris or someone else uh, to get something on the blog. Uh, that, that's great that they're doing that. I think that the, you know, it's a kind of a, a little bit of a, an understatement, the some changes to our index and ranking algorithm last night. Uh, I think that there's a little bit more going on. And it looks like they had uh, rolled back, or at least according to a lot of people, and they actually pissed some people off in the uh, comments to uh, the, the post at the Yahoo blog, uh, people screaming, hey, why did you roll it back? It looked great. Now put it back. And then other people cheering them along and saying, you said it and all that. So um, it's, uh, it, it, it'll be interesting to really take some time to analyze some of the changes, and, and not the sites only that, uh, that dropped, but also the sites that uh, supplanted those uh, that uh, dropped. Because a lot of times people on updates, they focus on, on sites and, and why they could have dropped instead of focusing on the sites and that raised up there, and which is really the important ones to look at. So. Yeah, Ramble is over. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't know. just got word that Google Analytics did a major upgrade. Hourly reporting, clickable URLs, cross-segmentation of network location, increased number of data rows per page, bounce rate increases and decreases, and much better in AdWords integration. So hot off the press right there. There you go. Um, and also, uh, Google Webmaster Central updated their, uh, their UI a bit, and they added a paid link reporting tool. So if you find somebody who's buying links and you want to report that to Google, you could do that right now by logging into Google Webmaster Central. All right, back Bastards. on topic. Sorry for, uh, unless you guys have comments about that. Bastards. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. We heard that. Um, next thing is uh, privacy. Uh, the whole week, it's been, the whole week, I mean, Monday and Tuesday is pretty much the whole week. All we've been hearing about with Google is their privacy. And yesterday, um, there was a Privacy International report that was released to Google um, you know, basically slamming them for their privacy practices. Uh, lots of lots of coverage over the weekend about it. Um, Danny Sullivan took a look at it, and he was all over saying how, you know, why look at Google's bad privacy practices when that report that they wrote was horribly written, meaning he was looking at the report, he just did not like the way um, they didn't really provide true evidence, didn't really provide good information in terms of proving why Google's privacy practices are any worse than other companies. Um, Matt Cuss, of course, took the Google site as well, because um, he works for Google, and he laid out his points, which wasn't as well put as compared to Danny Sullivan, because Danny really put, did a good job of, of lot, you know, rationally saying this is the problem with the Privacy International report. Um, there are threads over at various forums, and people took both sides. You know, <laughs> Obviously, some people hate Google, some people love Google. And there's lots of discussions out there about the privacy reports. And then today, and we don't have a, a discussion about that, but today uh, something we don't have a discussion on yet is how Google um, went ahead and decided to limit the days that they actually store information. So instead of like, I, guess, I don't know, what was it? I think it was 36 months now. It's 24 months. I forgot the exact time frame that they said they're going to pull back. And... Google did that, and the privacy advocates are happy, but they're not as happy as they should be. So there's a big lot of privacy concerns over the past uh, two days, um, and a lot of discussion about that. Uh, I personally think it's all kind of crazy, but um, that's what you know is out there. That's why the press is there. That's why we have these privacy advocates, and um, that's pretty much that. So I mean, uh, you know, Chris, uh, you have anything to add on that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> First of all, the I think that it's probably pronounced Privacy International, since this is a British company. <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking of that. But um, this is a really long and not user-friendly page that they have, so they could at least maybe try to uh, incorporate a little user experience if they want people to really read all this stuff. Um, but other than that, and that's not an underhanded shot, that's just a simple comment about it. Um, I think that, you know... Privacy or privacy are both going to be very important uh, topics um, 
as we go along, uh, you know, and as uh, the Internet and, and all its players uh, gather or interact with or for some other reason uh, use uh, information uh, that, that could be considered private or that certainly is private. And, um, you know, it's going to become a more uh, tangled web, as it were, in terms of how to deal with, um, with uh, determining what exactly is uh, privacy kosher, as it were. Uh, but um, there's, you know, a, a huge giant like Google or Microsoft or, or any of those big guys are going to come across privacy issues. Uh, the insurance agency, the insurance industry underwent some huge fundamental changes, you know, in, 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 over the past six, seven, eight years uh, with some legislation that was geared towards them, um, you know, Sarbanes-Oxley primarily, and uh, electronic uh, data uh, uh protection and, and so forth. So uh, privacy is going to remain to be on the forefront and, uh, of the issues that uh, the senior executives at these companies need to keep an eye on. So um, this particular report, I, I haven't read it, and I haven't really read the, uh, the analysis of it by Danny, although I skimmed over it and I saw that it was basically scathing. So I tend to uh, pretty much believe Danny on these kind of issues, so uh, I'll read it. But uh, it sounds to me like uh, there could be some more work uh, done in, in order to really make the, the Privacy International report have more teeth. Cool. Good uh, analysis. Um, and, uh, Ben, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I looked into this a little bit. Um, it kind of seemed like a good excuse to kind of form a lynching party to attack some Internet companies um, from the way I see it. I mean, I looked at, there's a PDF you can see in terms of the rankings for all the various companies. I mean, even like Apple and AOL and Facebook and some of these companies are a substantial threat to privacy. And, you know, out of the entire list, it was Google who was the hostile to privacy in terms of, you know, what they they said, you know, and they mentioned stuff like, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I think it's false is that, you know, in this particular rankings, they mentioned that Google, you know, customers have the right to amend personal details held by Google, but does not allow search history to be removed. But I think that's wrong, right? You can remove search history. Um, you can yeah. remove some of your search history, but yeah, something like that. Okay. So they were, it, it was incorrect. I think, though, you know, from from the way the way I looked at it, in terms of of how they were looking at it, was that they kind of took a very broad approach in terms of Google's privacy policies, just on a broad spectrum. I mean, they mentioned double clicking here too, you know, in terms of their advanced profiling system, and um, you know, I mean, they even mentioned some things about cookies and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I think it was it was extremely biased, and they kind of used these arbitrary, you know, metrics for determining privacy and also you know ranking them initially too. So there's really only like five little threat levels um, that, you know, I'm sorry, six. Um, and it seems that pretty much pretty much all the sites, except for a few, um, are have serious lapses in privacy policies. Right. All right, so let's hit a commercial break now. Um, and when we get back, we'll discuss the New York Times article on tweaking its search engine. So we'll speak to you guys soon. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. $2.2 million. $2.4 billion. $6 million. Then just kicking ass with domain name. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. 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 And uh, what, what's, uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately $144,000. About 150 grand. That's correct. Okay, great. You have had eBay by rent.com and shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. He's the master of your domain. Monty. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for eighty thousand dollars, Interbrew bought it for seven million dollars. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for three point four million. It was the most valuable asset that they had. Six million dollars or ten million dollars on a domain name. When we sold Autos.com for two point two million dollars, people thought it was nuts too. <laughs> domain Masters only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain. Best 
of the web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the best of the web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions. 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Now, back to The Pulse. Pulse. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hello and welcome back to The Search Pulse. Um, this is Irish Schwartz. Today is Tuesday, June 12th. Um, with me again is Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Boggs. Um, the next topic we're going to be discussing is the New York Times and their article called Tweaking Its Search Engine. It's basically on Google and how Google, um, they got a pretty much exclusive interview with Matt Cutts' boss, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, I think it's Matt Cutts' boss. And they basically um, got some pretty good information. Google Blogoscope has a good summary of it, and I'll go down the list of things that were covered in this article. He's saying that um, Amit Singhal, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, He's, you know, the, you know, the top search quality guy there. Um, he said that he knows users expect more from the search results, so they're working on making whatever that is better. Um, they have to balance changes in terms of if they make one tweak, they have to make sure that it, it doesn't affect one side of the algorithm versus one other side of the algorithm, so it's, constant, it's a constantly a balancing act for them. Um, he described how search engine problems are actually um, escalated throughout the team, and they have, you know, Google Google's employees have a way of reporting um problems with the search. Uh, they get about 100 search issues reported to them in a given day. Um, and they use different debug tools to figure out um, what, are, what are the most important and most problematic problems in search. Um, they also talked about a QDF, which is a query de- uh, deserves freshness uh, factor. So obviously new sites that or new pages that get an index, you know, they... Um, might deserve a different type of push towards the front page versus older pa- uh, older pages in the index. But yet they don't want to overplay that too much. Um, so that's one other element. Um, he also discussed they have about a, around so around 200 so-called signals, which um, including obviously one of those signals is page rank and other lots of other different signals out there that determine the rank of pages. Um, so that was discussed as well. Didn't go into too much detail on that. Um, and also. Searchers tend to search in a very abstract way. So if they're looking for, I don't know, bios, they might type in bio. If they're looking, they're not going to say specific things, and sometimes it's very hard to understand what people are looking for. So we have a lot of good feedback from Webmaster World on it. We have lots of, you know, Matt Cutts from Google had his own edition. He he took it from like you know, it's, it's, he was surprised that actually, um, or actually worried that they would go ahead and do such an article for New York Times, but it came out to be very very well. Um, and he's very happy with it. Um, Digital Point and Search and Watch Forums also has a discussion on it. Um, let's start with Ben and get your feedback on it. Yeah, um, this is a great read, and, and you know these come out every couple of years in terms of uh, just a little glimpse more into Google. I think when people were really revealed in terms of you know the algorithm changes that happen like six times a week. You know, people I guess were uh, not thinking that that happened as often. Um, but you know there was a lot of insight into how Google works and how they're kind of approaching quality and um, you know some of these things mentioned in here we actually you know can you know we see today or we saw like you know months ago um, but this just kind of wraps it up together in terms of what's going on um, so it's getting more and more complicated it seems as, as time goes by and um, you know as SEOs it's it's something harder to keep up on uh, to work with um, but overall I mean you're doing a pretty good job. And um, I'm, you know, I would, I'd love to sit in that meeting <laughs> myself. I bet, I bet. But Chris, I know you wouldn't want to be in that meeting. Never. <laughs> I know it all anyway. I invented the internet. <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't know it was. It, it's. Uh, it wasn't Al Gore. It was me. Uh, this is really cool. Uh, you know, I think it was funny, uh, Matt frankness about his, his nervousness and uh you know it's especially interesting because 
you're not really only talking to someone who is responsible for broadcasting uh, articles literally throughout the world and at one of the greatest uh, reaches that you know that exists, especially from a newspaper perspective. But additionally, uh, this is a, uh, um, an organization that's known to have a very strong internal SEO team. So uh, you can bet that they went and debriefed that writer for as much as they could, if not tried to get recordings from him on some of the stuff that was said. I thought there was, uh, I think uh, Rand did a great job covering it and, and pointing out some good things about it. Um, the one thing that Rand brought up uh, that I thought was especially interesting was the uh, the 10,000 employees using the bugganizer system to report a search problem, and, and apparently about 100 times a day they do. And I was thinking, you know, if Google really wanted to, they could definitely spread that out uh, to, you know, they could start with Uber searchers like us. We, you know, we all search pretty well and, and fairly often, and we could probably, uh, you know, contribute uh, via the bugganizer. And I don't know, maybe, Barry, they've already given you one since, since you're so in, but uh, that would be kind of a cool thing to, to do, I think. And, uh, uh, you know, there, there's, there's some stuff in there that you need to certainly consider, especially about, uh, it kind of reminded me of the old, um, oh, God, what was the freshness algorithm? The, the, it was called burstiness, I think. Um, if you search burstiness, you'll find it. And, uh, you know, the kind of uh, monitoring uh, the airwaves for particularly hot topics. So this would make sense then in the case of, uh, of uh, like a Hurricane Katrina kind of uh, thing where, you know, they would know that people are searching for that kind of thing. Um, he also uh, talked about uh, the, the Louis, uh, the, the French Revolution search and, uh, you know, how some, some of the results came up recently. So uh, I think uh, Rand did a nice job breaking this one down, too. Cool. Well, thank it. you, Chris. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to something a bit more um, interactive. Uh, Google released... Google Street Views. Uh, Microsoft also expanded their 3D views, and MapQuest also added an API, but the, the big thing that everybody was talking about was Google's Street View, and I did a little video myself of how Google Street Views works. Um, it's pretty cool. You just go to an area, you, you click on the Street View icon, and then you drag and drop this little person onto a street that has, you know, that's supported to have, that has support for the Street Views. And you can start like, looking at pictures on a Street View level, which is pretty, pretty neat. Um, what we saw a week or so later after they announced, there was a lot of people concerned about privacy issues. So we did a post about um, you know some pictures. We have this woman, um, I think it's a woman, might be a guy. I hope it's a woman um, getting into her uh, into the passenger side of a pickup truck, and you can see that she's like you know as she gets in, you can see like her like she's wearing a thong because her pants are like kind of going down. Um, later on, if you went to that that picture in Google Street Views, it actually was removed from Google. Um, the image has, it says no, is no longer available. So then I had Tamar go through um, the different process and actually had to, re- to remove, report or remove a specific image. So if you ever see an image that's kind of like sketchy, all you got to do is click on Street View Help. After you click on Street View Help, um, on the bottom of that little pop-up, you click on Report Inappropriate Image. Then you go to this form and ask you um, why you're reporting it. So it gives you four options. One option is this image contains inappropriate content. Second option is this image infringes on privacy. The third option is this image presents personal security concerns. And the final option is other. Please describe below. And you just check that off. You submit it. And then hopefully sooner than later, Google will remove that image or review that image for removal from the Google Street Views. Um, a lot of discussion about it. It's kind of funny the things people are finding out there on Street Views. Um, some of them are just, you know, are just funny, and some of them are just, you know, I can't believe that's there. Uh, so, Chris, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts overall on this Google Street View? Well, you know, I like the uh, the option, too, uh, that these are things that could maybe uh, mess with my privacy or whatever. I mean, let's say I was uh, a gentleman who was, uh, you know, on a business trip and just happened to be with some buddies in, in front of a gentleman's club or whatever, and there came the Google 360 cam, and, you know, you're caught in a... Uh, a compromising picture where you may actually have not even gone into that club, or and, and even if you did or whatever, it's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, could uh, get people in trouble. So uh, there's uh, lots of uh, possibilities like that, and I'm sure that there's uh, some people that are uh, uh, curiously scouring the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the mapping system to try to find pictures like that. It's true. Um, 
I couldn't find it in my own home, but you know, Ben, what are your thoughts overall on it? Um, well, I don't have Texas yet. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Texas or not. Um, I, I, I like it. I think it's really nifty. I, you can actually, uh, I like how you can kind of move along with the street and north or south or whatever. I actually went over the Golden Gate Bridge um, with Street View, and it was kind of fun. And then I saw some shady-looking characters up in the corner. Um, so I don't know if they were terrorists or not, but... Um, mm-hmm. You never know, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I, th- I find it really useful. I know if I was traveling somewhere, and um, especially if I was in San Francisco or something, and I go to California a couple times a year, it'd be really useful to kind of maybe find a place or find a particular house because a lot of those houses in uh, track houses or whatever in California kind of look alike. So, um, yeah, so I like it a lot. And you know, Microsoft has its thing too. Um, and then uh, you know, MapQuest too, as you mentioned. Definitely. Um, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Um, Yahoo has released a new quality-based pricing scheme or metric or method for um, for their for you know determining uh, pricing. So, for example, and this is how it works. It kind of shocked me. Um, what you have is publishers. You have the content network, which is the YPN, which is Yahoo Publishing Network. So you have publishers putting Yahoo contextual ads on their site. Now, advertisers have to obviously say, you know, they want their ads on the content network. So what they don't know is, um, you know, if this content network or this publisher is actually doing well for them or not. So what Yahoo said is, hey, we're going to look at the aggregate number of conversions for this publisher, and if the aggregate is on par, then great. Or if it's, great, if it's greater, then fine. But if it's, on, if it's below, uh, if you're converting less on aggregate from this publisher, um, not just you personally, but everybody who advertises on this publisher's site, if they're converting at a lower rate than the norm, then they will issue you a discount over, overall on your on your spend for that specific ad, um, which is cool. They could do that. Um, so that's up to them. But there will, that raised a lot of concerns over Yahoo on how they could actually use new, uh, these quality-based pricing to determine your bid price. And obviously, they're not saying they're going to increase your price if you have a higher conversion rate. All they're saying is that if you have a low conversion rate from a specific publisher, they will discount your prices. So a lot of people are saying, well, if they could go ahead and lower your price, why wouldn't they just up your prices? You don't know. Maybe they're going to do that. Um, so that's a lot of the discussion out there. So Yahoo came back to me and said, hey, um, you know, we really did this for the best intentions. We did not even think that people would be upset with it pretty much. And, and they reassured everybody that they are not going to, going to use this to increase people's bids. Now, obviously, people are still concerned, even though Yahoo said this, and I wanted to get, um, let's start with, you know, Chris, what are your thoughts overall on this new bid pricing model? Uh, well, I think it's very important that uh, it's, it's come out, um, and, and this is an answer for people like me, and I, I don't know, I think Ben has said this in the past, too, uh, about how, you know, when we run uh, paid search campaigns for people, Generally, the content match is turned off, and every once in a while you've got to check to make sure that they haven't turned it back on for you, and this is one of those times. But uh, this is an, uh, a step towards a better uh, content match, uh, and, um, you know, as far as the ROI and, and, and the spend uh, potentially being a little bit more uh, reasonable uh, based on the quality of the, of the, the site that it's coming from, um, I think that, uh, and I'm not sure if we're going to talk about it, but didn't uh, Google just came up with an, an even more uh, transparent system of showing you the sites that you can um, appear in with the content match uh, on their side, too. So uh, the search engines are realizing that there's a serious dissatisfaction with, uh, um, you know, the quality of, of a lot of the traffic that are coming from the contextual. So a lot of people are either turning it off or just cutting back their budgets, and they, they need to... Uh, you know, they need to sell that that space that they've got, so they need to make sure that it's a better experience for the advertisers, I think. Definitely. Speaking about the uh, new pricing models for Yahoo, Google also did an update. They updated their quality score based on the landing page factors, and they said it was a minor update. They said the vast majority of advertisers will not even notice anything happens, but there are, will be some that actually see their minimum bids increase. So that was on June 8th. Now, today, we have a 12 page 176 message um, po- uh, thread over at Webmaster World about how people are seeing their their you know bid you know go from like let's say you know half a dollar 
I'm sorry, go from like three cents to a ridiculous amount of per bit. And it's funny how there's so much discussion about this, even though this was such a minor update. Um, I don't know, Ben. I mean, Ben, do you have any feedback on your personal yeah, side of things? Yeah, I, I saw this on a couple accounts um, I'm working with, and this is the it's like the biggest annoyance ever when you you know you have these bids, and then you know all of a sudden it's like ten dollars. All right, okay, uh, thanks, Google. Um, <laughs> And then the funny thing was that, like, on some of these, you know, poor quality keywords or whatever they had had targeted, they actually went reversed back to their normal level. So it was like they went down for a little while and then they came back. Um, I don't know. These particular quality score updates, they, you know, I'm not, most things don't bother me, but these actually, you know, kind of rub me the wrong way in terms of, um, what's going on here? And you know, people constantly in the forums are saying this is a, you know some new way in order for for Google to generate more profit. And um, you know, every time this, something like this happens, it raises their profit for each month because advertisers don't know what to do. You know, beyond just letting them rise. Um, you know, I don't think it's accurate, but at the same time, um, I, I personally don't like how they do this in terms of having to raise bids up to ten dollars or you know, this number five dollars too, because um, it just it just kind of degrades you know the maintenance of, of working with these accounts over time and doesn't explain anything of why this is happening you know I don't know I remember was reading in one of the forums and the guy was saying you know this is you know best converting keywords and um, you know these are the ones that got targeted and you know they say there's a minor update but quote unquote there's all these people that are noticing it right definitely and I feel your pain and I feel I mean it's just it's, the amount of discussion about this minor update is just overwhelming so I don't know how minor it might be. But anyway, let's move on to the next topic. Um, probably not worth discussion, just the fact um, Panama, Yahoo's new search marketing platform, is now has now launched in Europe. So if you're a European advertiser, go ahead and uh, um, look into that. You can go to, just go to the Yahoo search login. You can probably request an upgrade. Um, something cool came out. Google Gears, um, Google Gears um, works with Google Readers. It works with a lot of programs. It's basically a way for... You it's a standard approach to working with online web pages in offline mode. So let's say you go on a plane, but you want to go ahead and read all your RSS subscriptions using Google Reader. What you could do is download Google Gears onto a Firefox extension to your Firefox browser or Internet Explorer browser. Um, you launch it. You say, you know, Google Gears, please download all my feeds. You go offline. You go on the plane. You can start reading your feeds. When you get back to your, your Internet connection, you plug it back in, you start it up, and you tell Google Gears to sync up with... Google Reader. So it will t- then tell Google Reader, all right, you read these feeds and give me the new feeds that I haven't read as of yet. It's pretty cool. It works pretty well. Um, I, I play with it. I sure have a step-by-step guide on how it works. Um, it actually got uh, pretty high up in dig. Um, pretty useful. So it goes, if you don't know how to work it, just go ahead and take a look. Just go to uh, the May 31st archives and you'll be able to see it there. Nice. Um, 775 digs. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Nicely done um, for an SEO. Thank you, appreciate it. We got we get to the dig about once or twice per week, uh, top of dig once or twice a week, which is pretty nice. Thanks, you guys, for supporting. I know I bug a lot of people to help with that, but really do appreciate it. All right, next thing is Google updated their webmaster guidelines. Um, now they have a lot more detailed information about what it means to high text, what it means to cloak or use sneaky redirects, what it means to um, automatically query Google, what it means to load pages with irrelevant keywords, what duplicate content is, store pages, um, virus pages, or no original content, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot more information about that, and they launched that at SMX based on some feedback from um, the folks over at the SMX conference. They did that overnight, which is pretty cool. Um, in addition, I mean, that's pretty much that. I don't know if you guys had a chance to read through these different guidelines, and if you want to give a quick, um, you know, one sentence thing about each show. Let's start with Chris, if you have any quick thing about it. I really haven't had a chance to, to take a look at the big changes, so, uh, you know, I'm whiter than snow, so I'm not really worried. <laughs> cool. And uh, that was quick. And Ben? Um, I, I think it's another good attempt at Google, you know, constantly working with webmasters and communication and, uh, you know, I, I know sometimes I will refer um, clients or something to the actual webmaster tools and say, hey, if you uh, want the answers and you don't want to pay me for it, then go there. Uh, so this is just, uh, in some ways, put more money in Google's pocket. But uh, I, think it, I think it's great. And, and some of the things that people are wanting about, definitely. Okay. 
um, I found this thread over at Google Groups where Susan, the new Google Groups guide person, um, said that in some cases it is okay to hide text using CSS. For example, if you want to replace an image not using an alt tag, but rather using CSS to make it prettier if somebody doesn't have images loading, you can do that, she said. As long as you're not trying to deceive the search engines, they are okay with that. Matt Cutts actually commented, has more detail about that. He's talked a little bit about Viagra. Let's go ahead and take a look. Um, it was posted on June 11, 2007. Um, Chris, do you want to add anything on that? or? I was just wondering how quickly Matt Cutts' uh, site's going to rank first for Viagra. I think pretty well. I don't know. But I think we have to go into lightning round. Um, we only have five minutes left. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Um, all right. There are some exclusivity rumors between SES, XMX, and PubCon. Turns out not to be such a big deal. Um, so if you want to read about that, check out the June 5th ar- ar- article on it. Pretty fun. I know, Chris, you had some thoughts on it, but we have to skip those thoughts now. Sorry. S.com is still indexing old 301 redirects. So if you have redirects in, even from like five years ago, um, where you're redirecting site or page A to page B, for some reason, S.com has still been indexing those pages, and nobody really knows, what, knows why. Kind of, you know, crazy, ridiculous. Um, Google has launched a new AdWords tool. Well, it's not really launched. It's being tested. I see it myself. It's called the Ad Text Ideas. It basically helps you create ads um, in AdWords, including, you know, content for those ads. And goes through, you know, go through a four, four or five-page um, step-by-step thing, and it actually creates the ads for you. Pretty good ads. I took a look at them. They are pretty solid. Um, take a look at that. Um, what is the most important element in your Google AdWords campaign? We looked at that. That was a May 30th post, and there's lots of different feedback about that. Um, does Google pay-per-click um, influence your search results? And obviously, no, they don't, but there's a lot of you know, things about that out, out there as well. So we covered that. Google no longer accepts gambling, um, gambling for fun sites. So if you have like, uh, you know, a non-profitable, you know, a site that just you, know, um, you play for fun, Google no longer accepts those ads. I think specifically in the U.K., but I'm not sure if it's U.K. or U.S. Yahoo has been bolding domain names in the sponsor results, the search ads. So if you do um, the search for anything in Yahoo, the, and the ads on the right should be bolded, the actual domain names. Uh, FeedBurner was acquired by Google. Lots of concerns as well as congratulations over on the Google acquisition. Of course, privacy concerns. Yahoo Publisher Network has added a PayPal button option. So now if you want to get paid using PayPal for your publisher network ads, you could go ahead and do that. Yahoo Checkout went mobile, so if you want to have a mobile site and you want a lot of people to actually purchase using Google Checkout on their phone or whatever, you can actually do that too. Google AdSense now allows up to three link units per page. That's their contextual network. Um, Jason Gilkanis has launched um, um, a new ser- uh, human-edited search engine called Mahalo. Um, they also solicited some feedback over at LinkedIn. So if you want to give some feedback to Jason, you can go ahead and do that over at LinkedIn. I have a post about that um, on June 11th. Um, Google site command um, was is pretty much broken in just when you actually specify the UK results. Kind of weird. Um, not sure. If, let me see if it's still going on. Um, trying right now. Um, it seems to be better. Seems to be fixed. Yes. Um, StumblePond was acquired by eBay. Google Reader outage was yesterday, and it actually impacted about half of their users for about an hour, where the users thought they lost all their RSS subscriptions, but Google restored it within an hour, so it's all good. Um, wrote a good post about, or actually Tamar wrote a great post about how, um, if somebody, God forbid, uh, passes away, how to access their Gmail account, and that was actually on the front page of Dig2. It actually received over almost 1,900 digs, so that's pretty good. People like that for some reason. Uh, Yahoo Slurp is now located at crawl.yahoo.net. So now there's a new address, a new domain name resolving to the Yahoo Slurp, their crawler IP address. Um, no longer adding to me.net. When also, when you're looking to buy links, PageRank is not the final answer. You can take a look at a post we wrote about that on June 1st, 2007. Uh, Google Calendar has added a new uh, directory feature. So if you want to see public calendars, you can go ahead and do that and subscribe to them at the uh, Google Calendar public directory. Um, to get there, I think you just go to Google Calendar at google.com slash calendar slash gallery, and you'll be able to see the public calendars available. Finally, our friends over at Search in Land, I know I write for them, Danny Sullivan um, has been spamming the search engines. He's been hiding text. 
using CSS. Well, not really. Um, it was totally an accident. It was using a image replacement technique. A lot of people don't consider that spam. In some cases, Google does not consider that spam as well, as we discussed earlier. Um, so all is good. Again, um, I want some feedback from you guys. If you want us to do a daily search uh, show or if you want us to do keep with a weekly show, just let me know. I guess the best way is to email me at barry at rustybrick.com or comment in tomorrow's post. Um, we really would like to know what you guys want. Maybe I'll put up a poll. I also want suggestions about what time would be good for you if you want us to do a daily show. And we'll take that all into consideration and let you guys know in a couple of weeks on what we decide. That wraps up uh, the 33rd edition of the daily of the Search Pulse. Not the Daily Searchcast. The daily Searchcast is tomorrow at 11.30, by the way. Um, I hope to post a recap tomorrow afternoon after the show is archived. If you have any comments or questions, just go ahead and post in tomorrow's um, archive. And again, that was 33rd edition. It took place Tuesday, June 12th. I want to thank Ben and Chris again, as always. And tune in uh, next week, 5 p.m. Eastern, for, on Tuesday, for the next show. Everyone have a great night.